I've sort of noticed a pattern being locked inside of my house, as many of us are. Well, not locked, as now we can dart out like little gazelles running in fear with half of our faces covered and then go home and scrub our whole bodies and just hope we didn't kill anybody old. But I've come to discover a pattern. And that pattern is big and little. There's big shit that bugs you, and then there's little shit that sets you on fire. The world crumbles and that's big and it bugs you. But then your hairbrush breaks and it's the only hairbrush you like and that just has not left you alone for the past three weeks. So let's take some time and let ourselves be mad about the little. Cause it's way easier to fix than the big. Welcome to Slam Eric's Poetry. <laughs> Hello and welcome to friends, hot strangers, and especially any bitter nemeses. I hope I have at least one. It's another episode of Slam Eric's Poetry, so of course, it's time to read a haiku or two. One. He is far too pale for the impending summer. He will reflect light. Two. Your quivering trust makes every triumph bigger. Tiny beating heart. Three, the truest nightmare, all of the time in the world, and nary a charge. Four, we survived the dark and the light of the long ice. Let us survive this. Five, and further I twist, wringing out the bad mojo, sweet tension relief. Six, the cresting romance, expectations, and my fear. But you are bigger. Seven. I don't want to read about how my industry will never come back. Eight. My favored game types are post-apocalyptic. It's hard to get hype. Nine. Heavy anger sits, making sure that I feel it. Wish I were kinder. 10. My escape du jour, price matching nostalgic trash I don't have room for. 11. Who defines a pest? The one who is most fearful? The one that's most cruel? 12. Open the fridge door, gleaming plenty, nothing good. Truest privilege. 13. The mane has grown so can't tell of hair or a bug. I need a haircut. 14. Oh, my sweet lighter. Now where have you run off to? It's not that big here. 15. It's been 50 years since we invented email. Use your manners, bitch. And that was a haiku or two. I am the queen of bitchery, yes. And I'm the queen of bitching about things. But that's also not a generally pleasant thing to be. And I've actually noticed that as I have um, gone further and further in my excursions into Reddit, it's not helping the qualities about me that need help. So I'm gonna, uh, put some spice on this segment. I'm gonna make it spicy. We a spicy segment. Yeah, uh, we're gonna play Let's Edit Reddit Haiku Battle. Hey, Nico. 
Yes. Are you ready for a rematch? Oh, man. Oh, this is going to be fun. Let's go. Okay. I have Reddit prompts. Okay. I'm going to read through the title, grab the uh, relevant details, just like we always do with Let's Edit Reddit. But brevity is the soul of wit. So if we're going to be wise enough to give advice, it's going to be fucking short. And it's going to be in haiku form. We're going to be judged on three things. Technical skill, which means that it has to, you got to have the syllables. Yeah, that makes sense. Creativity in language, so however clever you can be. Okay. And soundness of advice. Ah, okay. So we do still have to be mm-hmm. like giving some sort of good advice. Oh yes, we're gonna we're gonna condense our thoughts and advice on the matter into haikus. And I, I was thinking, you know, just one haiku that seems to be a little bit, you know, few. So we'll each get two tries. Um. I did notice that uh, you can't keep up with my speed, so we'll relax the time limits this time. Oh, you're such a gracious host. <laughs> All right, Nico, are you ready for your first prompt? Yes, let's go for it. All right, here's a good one. Am I the asshole for farting on command? <laughs> Here we go. Uh, I have to fart a lot. My girlfriend doesn't like it. Gee. Uh, she gets upset because he farts in the same room as her. And sometimes fart on her when we're in bed. Mm-hmm. I don't do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just have to fart and I can't be expected to get out of bed and leave the room 20 times a night. I think it's partly her fault because of the food she feeds me because I don't fart this much as home. Oh, my God. He's eating vegetables for the first time in his life. Um, okay. I mean, okay. I will. Wait. It gets 8,000 times worse. Oh, God. Hang on to it. Hang on. Her main issue is that I can use my farts to punctuate conversation. Whenever I'm displeased, I can fart on command to express my displeasure. She thinks I'm doing it on purpose, but the only reason I can do that is because I'm constantly holding in my farts. Okay, but you are doing it on purpose. Nope, nope. We can't give advice yet. All right. If If he wasn't always holding in my farts to please her, I wouldn't have the ammo available. Am I the asshole for using my farts in conversation instead of just letting it go randomly? Okay. All right, Nico. Mm. We are both going to come up with... Sorry, I leaned away from the mic. We are both going to come up with our first haiku advice. Okay. Oh, man. Boom. Roughly one minute passes. Boom. All right, well, this is your first round, Nico, so please do us the honors. Okay, so I've got, I've got the first one. My, mm-hmm. first, my first haiku, because I figured we were just writing the one. Is it really hard to keep your wind unbroken? Too much ass tension. <laughs> well done on technical points. Um, I like the phrase, to keep your wind unbroken. Thank you. It's quite I, nice. I, I try to stick with the, the, the usual themes of a haiku, which we do not adhere to, which is nature imagery. I do have one one caveat for this, though. I don't know if it's the soundest advice. Like, that's not super healthy, man. You gotta let it out. Mm-hmm. Here, let me, let me give you my, my rebuke. <clears throat> you can roll over. Let it waft away softly. Adapt. Overcome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what was it? Um, technically, it seems solid. Like, mm-hmm. I think advice is solid as well. I was like, I do think I, I would maybe knock a little bit for technique, though. Not technique. What do you mean? 
Mm. It's inspiring. It's stoic. It's like a warrior poem it about is, farting. It is a warrior poem. <laughs> I guess it's not as lyrical as I was sort of envisioning. Mm. Mm. All right. All right. All right. Fine. So the way I figured we'd do it is that like when we do our second poem, we would average the score. A score out of nine because we have three categories. All right. I have my score for your first poem. Okay. Do you have yours for my first poem? I do. Yes. Okay, cool. So, we'll continue. All right. So, next topic. Am I the asshole for microwaving my brother's pizza without knowing it was his? For context, we both live under our mother's roof currently. She pays for groceries. My brother is almost always out of the house, so I'm not expecting him to bring back anything. And if he does, it's usually our mother. It's usually something our mother doesn't purchase, like granola. So, if they have something personal, they bag it up or take it to our rooms, and everything else is free game. She decided to cook one of the mini pizzas in the fridge, and the one that she grabbed was her brother's. But he told the mother, not her. While this thing is cooking, she comes out of her room and she tells me it's his, so once it's done, I just cover the pizza, put it in the fridge. He got upset. Am I the asshole? All right. I thought it'd be, like, kind of light, but, like, pizza's not chill, you know? Yeah, it's like, Uh, I don't know if I would ever want to cook a re-microwave piece of pizza. Mm-hmm. A refrigerator, mm-hmm. a, a cook. Hang on, hang on. We got to keep the advice for the haiku. Yeah, right, right. Sorry. New structure and all this. <laughs> all right, Nico. We both will write our haiku advice about whether or not she was in the wrong for cooking this pizza. Mm. Boom. Roughly one minute passes. Boom. I'm ready when you are. <laughs> okay. I am I am definitely have a poem. I will do the honors this round. <clears throat> it's a sacred food. Step gently along the crust. Go buy a new one. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So I actually went in a slightly different direction. Oh. Yeah. Unmarked fridge pizza. Is just too tantalizing. Cleanse your mind of it. Hmm, all right. So your technique is strong. See, that's a the technique is it's an easy three points in that category. You know, as I'd long as you so. can count. Yeah. Even though we fucked that up last time we played this game. Um, it's right, almost so like we keep on doing this at twelve o'clock at night. You say that like it's not when I always write poetry. <laughs> and so your advice in this one is to go ahead and eat the pizza. Yeah, it's like I mm. I say like remove your guilt from this, like it is it was unmarked fridge pizza, that is fair game unless proven otherwise. You and your sisters have a very different relationship than me and mine. All right, actually, I scored you the same on both of your poems. Well, good for me. All right, Nico, do you have your rubric ready? Uh, yes. So. When we're looking at the the first poem, I didn't knock you too much. Uh, mm. I, I know I did give you a slight hard time about the lack of lyricism, I guess. Um, mm. But I would I would give it a three, two, and another two. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Um, and then your next one, I think, is honestly, again, truly fair. Good, solid advice. Uh, so I would actually give you that one a... Uh, a three, a two, and a three. Mm. All right. So that's a that's a seven and an eight. Uh, yes, that is a seven and an eight. So I guess seven point uh, five out of nine. 
All right, so your first poem, I, I was a big fan of three for technique, three for uh, creativity. Thought it was very, very pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave you a one on the advice. I just, I disagreed with you, man. Didn't seem healthy. So that one was a seven. The second round, I gave you a three again for technique because just well done, sir. Um, I actually did take one down for creativity. I just, I felt like you were capable of more. Oh, good. And, um... And I, I think that for me, not to be a, an English teacher about it, but uh, I'm not sure why, why I was cleansing my mind instead of my plate. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, man. I wish I had more energy to hate you for that. <laughs> Done wore out. <laughs> so so what, it looks... What was the final score, sorry. though? Uh, you got a seven for both poems. Oh, okay. For me. So? Yeah. So in this game that you designed, you won. Look at you. (laughs) What a weird happenstance. All right, well, I'm running off the absolute and complete high of a victory because that's the only thing in life that keeps me going. I have a lot of flaws. All I want is to be clever and bone. With that in mind, it's time for angst and sex. Our first piece is Tonka number nine. You sprint far from care, a weakness hard to admit, but when accepted, your movement can slow to rest, your tired tendons can stretch. This piece is different void. The nothing used to be bigger, full of itself and rest and the noise, it's quieter now, smaller. There's no enemy hiding in the flat or the empty, but still the nothing is there. It destroys us and it defines us, yawning empty wastes of ideas standing on thin supports. It's not that there's nobody in the nothing. It's just that you're the only one. This piece is untitled. In this semi-still phase, I'm losing track of the lines between the surrealistic reality and the high-caused anxiety and the fitful dreams at night. One you can't escape from, the other two have to get better, right? But in this perceived stillness of time, the days flitter on by. Reality still turns, even as you sink into your chair. A sensitive psyche rooted to whatever is near, trying to process its closest threat. Our next piece is also untitled. If you weren't so quick to offer advice, perhaps you could hear me not asking. If you weren't so weak to those that are cruel, maybe you'd shine like you want to. If you weren't so stubborn to different and new, there could be a fool proud to claim you. You could be so easy, but you're not. If you let others live, they'd want to live with you. And this piece is called Safety Danger. When you know a storm, you can learn to fear calm. Thrumming drums of quiet while your heart beats too hard, where you are uncloaked by chaos to a small and naked thing that used to hold lightning. People aren't storms, at least not all of them. And even though the heart is a small and naked thing, It still holds lightning without a storm. And that was Angst and Sex. Three. 
I might be changing some things, but I'm not changing this section quite yet. It's a little bit nearer and dearer to my heart. I'm going to invite back our beautiful, graceful loser, Nico Carleo. Oh, I am technically a loser. Son of a gun. I'm a double loser <laughs> on the own show that I podcastly edit. On the own show that you podcastly edit. That's getting deleted. I don't want you to delete that because that is so funny. All right, so I'm actually going to take advantage of the fact that we're recording late at night and that I'm nocturnal and you're not. Ha <laughs> ha. And uh, Nico... I'm going to invade you with some questions. You know, I've been invaded in the daytime. Might as well be invaded in the nighttime. God. All right. So, Nico, I wanted to get a mix of goofy and slightly deeper questions here. So Mm -hmm. I guess the only uh, guidance I would like to give you is if you feel like I might be even slightly hinting at goofiness, please go as goofy as possible. Fabulous. With that in mind, yes. what's the weirdest shit you were into as a kid? And I don't mean like, oh, I like this band a lot, or I like, I watch this show. I mean like, I mean like, what's weird stuff you did? Like, not stuff like other kids did, like a weird thing you did on your own. Okay, so I actually have a big ol' answer for this one. So mm-hmm. this is goofy in the fact that I, Nico Carleo, did this for more years than I think was probably kosher. Uh, so, you know how little boys just kind of run around? With their dicks out? No. Like, I was, I, <laughs> I, was a, I was a very clothed child. I am still a very clothed man. Like, I feel like I was born with a parka on. What I ended up doing was uh, what became dubbed as whooshing by my family. And I would run around, uh, but it wasn't unstructured. I ended up creating a- countless hours of uh, action movie content. Usually starring my favorite like action movie star of the time. Um, very often, uh, it was Link. There was a really wild arc where Link finally spoke. Um, after, uh, yes, after, the action movie star. Yes, many action movie stars. But then also, The Legend of Zelda. So, I, like <laughs> I mentioned, there was a big old arc uh, where Link finally spoke. And I think he swore because I, I just read like the fourth Harry Potter book and I thought that was edgy. Um, but yeah, I would come up with stories and act them out running around my house constantly. Late at night when I was in bed, I would pretend that I was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and I had been grievously injured and all the reindeer had gathered around me in concern. And that was the entire game. Wait, wait, wait. That's all you get though, because it wasn't my question. Uh, oh, oh, God, please, one follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine. Was this What's seasonal or, I'm sorry, was this seasonal or was this just whenever you needed it? This went on for years, whenever. Fabulous. Okay, let's go on. All right. So, um, I wanted to know, Nico, what aspect of your own toxic masculinity you have overcome in a way you are most proud of? Mm, okay. Honestly, I think one of my one of my favorite things is, like, I rarely ever use gendered slurs anymore. Mm. There were definitely bigger parts of my toxic masculinity that I think are, um, I'm still working through. Uh, like just like the casual misogyny that I, I sometimes feel in relationships and the general competitiveness with men. Um, those are two big things that I like definitely still struggle with. I think I've gotten a lot better at, but the gendered slur thing, I don't know. Once somebody like explained it to me, it was just one of those things like, oh yeah, that's awful. I'm going to stop using those terms. And I don't know. It's like, I am much more creative when I insult somebody, uh, Mm -hmm. because yeah, you can't go back and just call a person the B word or the C word. I would never personally think about calling anybody the C word because I do not have one. 
Um, yeah. And I think that that is just a weird word to call somebody unless you are a cockney British man in a Guy Ritchie movie. And then it's also, you're still a cockney British man in a Guy Ritchie movie, so you shouldn't be saying it. I love that you were directly reading me because I love the word cunt. Um, you have one. <laughs> well, it's like, honestly, for me, one of the reasons that I like using terms like, I mean, like, like bitch and cunt and pussy and like whatever, is that like... These are terms that are used against me to shock me and gross me out. And then when I use them to be like, okay, first of all, it's my fucking word. Second of all, I'm a gross you out. Like it makes literally, it makes men just as uncomfortable to hear me say those kind of vulgar terms to them as it makes me feel to have them say them at me. Except for when I say it to them, there's no sexual violence behind it. Hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) So that's why I like the word cunt so much. Also, it has a C in it. Uh, and yeah yeah that, that, that's the thing is like they are just so they're so fun to say just like linguistically just mm, prime awful words uh i'm gonna have one more invasive question for you because you got to ask me a question about my rudolph ritual um <laughs> it was so right. worth it <laughs> nico Adi. you can ask for clarification on this question but i want to know one of your gross girl secrets wait gro- what do you mean gross girl secrets Okay, I call them gross girl secrets because they're just, like, things that, like, are really, really satisfying. And they're not even, like, technically gross. They're just, like, things that, like, you don't associate with, like, watching people do. Like, I love watching ingrown hair videos. That's, like, a gross girl thing. So, like, what is a gross girl secret? So, um... Oh, yeah. Okay, so... My gross girl secret is, like involves my teeth so Hmm. i got fucked by that big d depression right out of uh college and i was really that was his name yeah big d depression (laughs) and i got really bad about my like my oral my oral care and i finally like realized that there was some like big buildup of plaque behind my uh my front teeth that i just thought was teeth so my gross girl (laughs) secret now is i am so ultra aware of that like even if i'm not good at like brushing my teeth I'll, sometimes i'll just look in the mirror and like stare at that like under right and i like i like pick at the plaque behind my bottom teeth and it's very satisfying because i knew how bad it was just floss nico i also floss <laughs> but like that's it's like it's the stuff that you oh, can't okay. like easily get it's like in between the floss zones don't worry you sound super sane thank you for for blessing us with your truth and you know what Welcome to the Gross Girl Gang. Yeah. I feel honored. Legitimately. <laughs> yeah, now go wash your hands. I keep thinking about that Rudolph story. <laughs> I just, I feel like it just typifies how fucking self-centered and dramatic I was as a kid. That I would sit here and fantasize about being grievously injured and surrounded by concerned onlookers. <laughs> With that in mind, I could read some Man vs. Self poetry. This piece is up and down. We are ever beholden to the glimmer of promise of next morning's light. We forget to catch our own day growing dimmer as yesterday meets today's fight. You smile and stride toward the morning, all purpose and loving and hope, but my feet are as stuck as my warning that joy sometimes leads to a rope. You walk in the light, details going dark, and I must lose your shape or follow into glowing future where flaws show stark and what's solid is proved to be hollow. 
I fear losing you to a better new day. But I'd rather fear and follow. Throw worries away. This piece is called Out Damn Spot. I will scrub this place until my knuckles split to remove you from it. Your clumps and clots and lack of care will not infest these walls anymore. Were I a priest, I would call upon the heavens to sanctify this space, expelling the demons in the corners that only serve to conjure you here. A strange negligence, the simple disregard, leaves marks of you on the walls and the floor, on my dishes and sinks and surfaces, these constant reminders of this former cell. While I am breaking down those walls, creating comfort from crumbled stone. This piece is called Blue Light. My eyes hurt. I've been staring at my screens, trying to make sense of the madness as friends fight with stranger, processing a complicated age in real time. And my eyes hurt as I search for legitimate thoughts, not regurgitated outrage or the spreading of a snuff film that we've seen too many times. And my eyes hurt as a scan and sign yet another petition, demanding justice for wrongful death, rereading the same pleas from over five years ago, and my eyes hurt as I hold in my tears, that electric twinge threatening to let loose a torrent that I wouldn't have the energy to stop. This piece is called Cruel Gifts. Hunger is a gift, and I wasted it, on dreaming and scheming, for nothing and wanting and dust. Now my stomach is shrunk, and I can't measure up, and I'm heavier once I've been fed. Sweet poison in each crust of bread makes me heavy and happy and soft, but I forget how to get me aloft. Catch the wind in my hair as it teases and eases and whispers of some days I think I forgot. And that, my friends, was Man vs. Self. Alright, ladies, gentlemen, friends, and neutral parties, that's all I've got for this week's episode of Slam Your X Poetry. I want to thank you guys for using our website, slamyourx.com, to submit poetry and interact with us. And I also wanted to plug a podcast coming out pretty soon by one of our favorite sister companies, Sock Dryer. Check out Watch This Watchlist at this watch list on Twitter to be up to date on their new project as they get off the ground. Jess is a very dear friend of mine and a in general podcasting genius and I am so excited to hear what they put together. With that in mind, I want you guys to have a great week, write lots of poetry, and I want you to sit down, look into the wide, strangely unblinking, hypnotic eyes of your sweet, mysterious girlfriend, The Void, and I want you to tell her every single lovely thing she does that makes you happy. <laughs> I'll see you next time. think would win in a fight to the death? Harry Potter or Vegeta? Uh, that's definitely Vegeta. Harry Potter would be like, eh, Expelliarmus, and Vegeta would just punch him in the solar plexus, and he'd fly into a mountain and disintegrate into a fine mist. Who do you think would be a worse landlord? Goddard from Jimmy Neutron or Billy from the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy? Oh, it would definitely be Goddard. He would just keep eating all of your household appliances every time you bought them, and eat all the nuts and bolts out of your carpenter box. 
So do you guys think that Bill Gates could make knitting as successful as the personal computer? What is this, baby hour? Of course he could. I'm Marcus Dreskel. I'm Tommy Calhoun. And I'm Tim. And together, we are the Versus Extreme Podcast. We take all your who would wins and what do you think would happen if and turn them into comedy. We upload every Tuesday and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at Versus Extreme, where you can also send us your own questions that we will answer on the show. Okay, okay. But if Wolverine, as portrayed by Hugh Jackman, were a woodchuck, how much wood could he chuck? Uh, huh? Uh, huh? Huh? I mean, come on.